Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your word today, Father. Your word is life unto those who find them and help to all their flesh, Father. I thank you, Lord, that the entrance of your word gives light and gives understanding to the simple, Father. And I thank you, Lord, how you taught us in your word, Father God, if we would just believe, amen. When we believe, we see, Father. We see what you're saying. We see what you, we hear what you're saying. We see what you're trying to show us, Father God, in the spirit. It gets revealed to us in our spirit, Father, and therefore then we are able to move with faith toward God. I thank you, Lord God, how you're constantly teaching, Father, how you're constantly showing forth, amen, making yourself known to your people, Father, in this hour. I thank you for your faithfulness, O God, in Jesus' name. I thank you how your word declares that know, therefore, that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, amen, which keeps covenant and shows mercy to those who love him unto a thousand generations. I believe your word, Father God, therefore I know I can believe for it, amen. I thank you, Lord God, for all your people, Father, that will be partaking today and those that will be partaking in the future, Father. I pray that you quicken them, Father, according to your word, for your word is truth. Amen. Make it alive unto us. Make it real to us, Father God. Make yourself known to your people. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I wanted to start off with the scripture. Uh, this morning I was meditating on the word and uh, I saw something very precious. Amen. This is going to be Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 13. I thank you Father, amen, how you're showing, how you're making yourself known to your people today, glory to God. So, I don't know how many of you are aware of the teaching called the Marismos, okay? And the Marismos is... Uh, comes from a scripture, it's a Greek word, one of the words for gifts, gifts, remember, gift or gifts. Remember, there's nine different Greek words for the word gift in the New Testament, right? So, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says, So the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the divine asunder of the soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and of the thoughts and intents of the heart, okay? And is a discerner, I'm sorry, of thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Okay, so that teaching is called the Marismos, and uh, while I guess I'm on it, let me post up the uh, playlist that I have in the YouTube. Now, the, the Marismos is a teaching that was done around 1985, recorded. Now, it's been preached probably longer than that. But uh, Brother Randy is the one that uh, God gave that revelation to, and... It's very critical to understand where you're at in the Lord. And the only thing that can do, the only thing that can give us distinction about what life we're living is the Word. So it says, The Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any tooth sword, piercing even to the divine sun. That's the Greek word marismos. Marismos means to make a separation for clarification. Okay? So the Word of God is what is able to do that. The Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any tooth sword, piercing even to the divine sun of the soul and spirit. Number one, of the joints and marrow. Number two, and of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word, the word, the word, praise God, can do all this. Make distinctions of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, thoughts and intents. That's why when, when the kingdom of God is coming forth, immediately when that word goes out, it separates. It immediately makes a distinction who's in the soul, who's in the spirit, just like that. And the question is, are you going to run to the light or are you going to run away from it? If you run to it, your deeds are going to get exposed. If you run away, you're going to stay in your darkness. All right? And so, 
But this teaching called Marriage Moments, let me pull it up. I'm going to show you all the, I'm going to copy the link out so that uh, you guys can take a look at that and listen to that because I'm going to, I'm going to kick off on another scripture. All right, so that's the playlist. Hola, brother, brother Ray Vega. That's the playlist, and that's on a teaching called the Marismos. And there's a whole bunch of uh, information there, a lot of revelation, glory to God. And again, God wants, um, hey, Scott, good morning. God wants to be made known to his people, right? So while I'm on that, let's go to a scripture in Genesis chapter 15. So it's Genesis uh, chapter 15, all right? Now, <clears throat> Abraham uh, was telling God in verse 2, and Abraham said, Lord God, what would thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eleazar of Damascus? So he was saying that I don't have any seed from my loins, right? I don't have a seed that came forth out of me. I don't have a son, right, that came forth. So who am I going to give this inheritance to? Who am I going to give what you've given me, right? So it says, and Abraham said, Behold, thou hast given me no seed, and lo, one born in thy house is mine heir. Okay? Now, before I continue on, we all understand now, we should clearly understand that when you get born again, it's not your spirit, soul that gets saved. You hear that all the time, we're going to win a lot of souls. We've got to win a lot of souls. Well, winning souls takes a lot of work, amen? And it takes a lot of wisdom, glory to God. The scripture says that he that wins souls is wise. You have to be wise in the word or you're not going to be able to see the deceptions of the soul. And the scripture says in Jeremiah, the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? And then it says, I, the Lord, I search the hearts and I try the reins. Hey, uh, KD show. You understand? I'm the Lord. I'm the one that's able to make a distinction by my word where you're at. I'm the one that tries your heart. So we have to understand that about ourselves, that the soul of a man is desperately wicked. All right? Not your spirit, amen. It's coming from your soul. Your, your heart, by the way, is made up of your spirit and your soul. Okay? So your heart is made up of your spirit and your soul. So when you get born again, the spirit man gets born again instantly. The breath of God comes into your spirit. But the soul man still has to be trained. In other words, you were alive up to the point that you got born again, and you're still alive. And therefore, you have a lot of seed in your heart and your life that's not of God, that you're living. Because death and life are in the power of the tongue, they that love it shall eat the fruit of it. So whatever's coming out of your tongue, that's what you're living. So when you're born again, you don't hardly have any word except maybe Romans 10 out of 10, John 3, 16, right? And so anyway, as a result of that, your, your soul man needs to get saved. The scripture says in Hebrews 10, 38 and 39, Now the just shall live by faith. But we are not of them that draw back into perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. You see? 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 says, And they very God of peace sanctify you wholly, which means completely. And I pray therefore your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now to back that up, another, another statement I need to make. What is the soul of a man? Right? Your soul is your mind your will and your emotions, okay? And when God breathed into Adam the breath of life and Adam became a living nefesh, a living soul, right? He was a soul that was not offensive to the Lord, amen? He was obedient to the word. Hey, Chris, you understand? Adam was obedient to God, all right? And, uh, and interestingly enough, you know, 
in that obedience, right, he had all that God promised him. He had the presence of God, the life of God. He didn't need to learn books or anything because he had God's life. God's life was what showed him. In him was life, John 1, 4. And the life was the light. It's the comprehension you understand. Hola, Eugene. You understand? So that life is what gives us light. It gives us revelation, understanding, comprehension. It allows us to see in the spirit. Okay? Not in the natural, right? We're talking about spiritual matters here. Spiritual things. And by the way, the whole Word of God is all spiritual. You can't understand the Word of God without the Spirit of God. You've got to see it by the Spirit of God. All right. So the soul of a man has to be saved. He's got to renew. He's got to get trained up. All the perverted seeds got to come out. So that the new seed can come in, which is the Word of God. The incorruptible. No corruption in it. And the only thing it produces is Christ in us. Christ in you, the hope of glory, is what it produces. <clears throat> now... So Adam wasn't offensive to the Lord, right? And therefore, he could live his life and he could live God's life. And there was no conflict there. But as soon as he partook of the tree of knowledge, good and evil, and went outside of what God said not to do, don't go to this tree. You can go to this tree all you want, the tree of life. You go to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you're going to die. What am I saying? I'm saying, you're not going to have my breath anymore. You're not going to have my presence. You're going to be lifeless without me. You're going to have to live on your own. You have to learn on your own. You have to work the land now, you see. And now it's going to be toilsome for us. It's going to be hard, you see, because you made a choice outside of me. It's the same thing today when we make a choice out of God. We threw the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? And therefore not the tree of life, which is God, which is waiting on the Lord, which is respecting his plans and waiting on, on, on those plans to develop, right? Wait on the Lord, I say on the Lord. Wait. Psalm 131, if y'all want to go read that. But the point I'm getting to is that Adam's soul was not offensive to God because he was with God. Now, it's the same thing with us. We got a life. I got a life. I like to do things that I like to do. But the point is, is that Jesus said, if you seek to save your life, your soul, your mind, your one emotion, you're going to lose it. But if you seek to lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. In other words, he needs to know that he can trust you because he's got a lot that he's going to impart to you. He's got a lot that he's going to bring you into. He's got a lot of revelation and understanding. He's got a lot of work for you to do. Good works, Lord, not dead works. There's a difference. You understand? So in that, right, in those good works that he wants to bring you into, the problem is, is he's got to prepare you. And that's the part that the body of Christ doesn't want to go through. It's the hour of preparation, right? And we all have a calling on our life. We all have a calling from God. The question is, what are you doing with it? What are you doing? Are you getting prepared? Are you getting trained? Are you getting raised up in the things of God? Are you wanting to become more mature in the things of God, right? So Adam's soul is not offensive, and that's the place offensive. So that's the place we need to come to is that well, our soul is not offensive. Now, this, getting back to the scriptures here, the word of God is quick and powerful. It lays open the spirit of the soul just like that. God's word instantly lets you know where you live in your life. All right. Now, it says in Genesis 4.15, and behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Thou, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. An interesting thing about this is when you go read Genesis 15, guess what happens? The soul man decides, I know what we need to do here to bring an heir. Adam, I mean, Abram, you need to go to my handmaid. This is what Sarah said. They weren't Sarah or they weren't Abraham yet. Because when there's a name change, there's a nature change. Something happened in that individual, Lord of God. Now, he's, he's, he's walking with humility in his life. Like Jacob, when he got slammed in the leg by the angel. 
Now you're walking with humility. You were the supplanter. You were the manipulator, which is the, the, the uh, d descriptive of the soul, right? Before he gets born again and saved. That is renewed in the things of God. He was a manipulator. He was a liar. He was always trying to get the inheritance his own way. Not God's way. Okay? Now then. Uh, but when his name changed, Lord of God, there was a nature change. God changed his name from Jacob. You're no longer, I'm no longer going to call you Jacob. I'm going to call you Israel. All right? For you have prevailed. Amen? You prevailed with God. So, so anyway, um, <clears throat> in that place of where there's a change happening, God's got try, uh, there's already a work out there, all right, for every one of us to do. It's your purpose. It's what God designed you for from the very moment he spoke into you in the embryo stage, right? When you were just a mass, a blob. God had already spoken everything about you, glory to God. And for those of you that are trying to understand and what your focus and your purpose is and where you need to be driven at in life, you need to go back to the origin, go back to the beginning, go back to the one who made you. Then you'll understand your purpose now. And that takes faith, glory to God. For the just shall live by faith, right? All right, now. So, <clears throat> Adam, I mean, Abram, Genesis 15, he says, Sarah said, I know what you need to do. Go to my handmaid. <coughs> Go to my handmaid, right? Now, interestingly enough, they produced a son. His name was Ishmael. Anytime you produce a work outside of God and without God, see, God didn't, God didn't ordain it. God didn't initiate it. God didn't bring it forth. You brought it forth out of your own soul, your own creativity, your own ingenuity. Outside of the breath of God. See, God doesn't want us not to be creative, not to be ingeniouses about creation and uh, things that we do and, and how clever we are. He wants it inspired by his spirit. He wants to use that soul for his glory, not for your glory. All right. Now, so he got, uh, they created the Ishmael. The Ishmaels are the works of the flesh. I've done it many times. I've got a bunch of them laying around here. <laughs> and... Um, and the thing is, is uh, that wasn't what God said. God said, I'm going to bring your son out of your own loins. Right here in verse 4. The word of the Lord came to him saying, that This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels, Amen, shall be thine heir. He's going to come forth out of your loins. Now, uh, and, he, and he brought him forth into heaven, looked towards the stars. This is going to be the number of our seeds. And so the scripture says in verse 6, And he believed in the Lord, and he counted to him for righteousness. All right, Adam, Abram, Abram believed, and he counted to him for righteous, righteousness. Amen? That's, that's awesome right there. And the scripture says in Romans chapter 4, verse 20, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Staggered is the word doubt, and unbelief is the word abistia, which means Staggered is diachrono, which is to hesitate to make to have a pause because you don't know which way to go, so you pause, hesitate, and then and then uh, the word he's staring at the promise of God through unbelief. Unbelief is the word where uh, you don't have no faith. You see, your faith is because you don't have the word, and incidentally, the word is where the power is. The power to regenerate is that word when God breathes on that word in your spirit. Boom! Man, there's an explosion, Lord of God. And that explosion in your spirit comes forth out through your soul and out of your mouth. And all of a sudden, glory to God, you're declaring the works of God. Amen. You're moving in the works of God. You're moving in the spirit. You're living in the spirit. You're walking in the spirit. 
You are a spirit, amen. You have a soul and you live in a body. You're moving forth out of your spirit. You're not being initiated by your soul, which can create and, and, and make all kinds of messes and problems. <coughs> all right? Now, the thing that's interesting about that is that um, the place that you initiate from and you create from, like I said, he's not, he wants us to be creative, amen. He made us. He made you that way. He wants you to move in your own operations. I can't do it like any other one of the individuals that are watching here. I can't do it like my sons. They can't do it like me. Although they're going to get an impartation from me, right? Because they're with me all the time. And we talk about the kingdom of God all the time. So it's natural that they're going to get the impartation. As uh, one of my son, one of the students said in the classroom, he said one of my sons, he likes to talk about the things of God a lot. And he says, that little boy had a revelation. He says, huh, these things do come from their fathers. Because now they're seeing me as father. I was in the school where they're at as a substitute. But anyway, the point that I'm trying to get to here is that uh, Abraham, Abram believed and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So he staggered not. He diacronized. He didn't hesitate. He didn't pause at the promise of God through unbelief at Pistia. So what happened is he heard God's word and he believed. That's why we move by faith. We hear God's word and we believe. We hear it in the spirit. And we see it in the spirit. And therefore we move and believe on it. Now we can move forward with God out of the Spirit. Uh, and, he, and he started prophesying and telling them some things that are going to happen. And then uh, verse 17. Okay, we're going to get to this because I'm trying to get to a point here. And it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let me back up. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Verse 8, okay, verse 8. And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? See, everybody wants to know that they're going to receive from God. You want to know without a doubt. He's getting ready to show you right here in Genesis 4, 15, I'm sorry. We are in 15. Earlier I said go to 15. It's actually verse 6, chapter 16 where they introduce uh, Sarah says go into my handmaid. Okay, so anyway. Well, how am I going to know that I'm not going to inherit your promise, okay? And I'm about to show you, teach you right now, how you can be assured that you're going to receive from God, okay? Pay attention. Whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? Everybody wants the guarantee, right? <laughs> I'm going to show you, God said. And he said unto him, God said unto him, take an heifer, all right? Three years old, a she-goat of three years old, a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And he took him all these and divided them in the midst. And laid each piece one against another, but the birds divided he not. Okay, so he split all these animals except the birds. He split them in half, man. Can you imagine? Laying them out there. People watching him, what are you doing, Abraham? Good Lord. All right. <laughs> And when the fowls came down, so who comes when the word comes? You've got to understand something about the ways of God and the way of the enemy. The word comes, faith comes, Satan comes. Immediately to take away the word that was sown in their hearts. Alright? And right here it says that, And the fowls came down, verse 11, and upon the carcass, and Abram drove them away. Who's got to drive the demons back? You do. They're trying to take what's already yours in Jesus. If you're needing a sickness, healing, if, you need, if you're needing healing, then you need to take it back because he's the one trying to steal it from you. He is a thief. And he comes not before to steal, to kill, to destroy. But Jesus said, 
I am come, Lord of God, that they might have my life, my Zoe, abundantly, my life all the time. God, quickening you in your spirit everywhere you go, moving by faith, the just shall live by faith. Moving in faith, moving by your spirit everywhere you go, abundantly having my Zoe, my life that brings my light, my comprehension, and my understanding, so you know which way to go, which direction to take, okay? Man. <clears throat> so he divided all these animals, all right? And the fowls came down, and when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abel, and lo, <coughs> and horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said unto him, this is what God said, and he started prophesying, No, surely thy seed shall be a stranger in the land that is not theirs, but, you know, on and on and on. Verse 17, and when it came to pass, and it came to pass that when the sun went down, and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. <coughs> Y'all see that? Something passed between the pieces. A horror of great darkness fell upon him. It says. And and, and it says that. Uh, let's see here. It's kind of hard to see this sometimes. Okay. And the fowls came. And he said. Yeah. Verse 12. And a horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said unto him, No, surely, and he started prophesying to him. Then verse 10, And it came to pass, when the sun went down, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp passed between the pieces. Something went in between the pieces, a furnace and a lamp, a smoking furnace, all right? The presence of God, the Shekinah, the glory of God, the power of God, the presence of God, amen, the cloud, moving by day and the fire by night. And there was a lamp, Lord God, that passed in between the pieces. What is that? That's God's presence. That passes in between the soul and the spirit, the word, the tabernacle, the word of God. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold and see wondrous things out of the book of thy law. I want to see, I need to comprehend, I need to understand, Father. I need your help, oh God. Hallelujah. Jesus. There's a sovereign moment right now, brother of Christ. You need to understand the ways of God. God wants to bring us all into our place and into the things that he has for us, but he's not going to do it if you're involved in your own soul, doing it your own way, not mixing his word with faith, not letting it come forth out of your spirit, not recognize and understand the way of the Lord. Oh my God. So Jesus Christ was passing in between the pieces. He's the one that was assuring him of a better covenant. How shall I be sure that I'm going to inherit what you're telling me? I'm going to show you right here, Abram. I'm going to. I need you to split these animals up, and I'm going to pass between them. I'm going to pass between your spirit and your soul. Hebrews 4:12. The word of God is quick and powerful, and sharper than into its sword, piercing even to the divine asunder, which is the word "merisimos," which means to separate for clarification of the soul and the spirit, of the joints and marrow, and of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Ah, the Lord is the one, only one that can make that distinction in your life. Are you going to choose life? Or are you going to choose death? Are you going to choose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Which is always going to bring forth death. Are you going to do it your own way in other words? Or are you going to choose the tree of life which is me, Jesus Christ? Amen. Man. My goodness. Woo. There's a sovereign moment right now, glory to God. If you let the Lord and the Holy Ghost move in your heart, He's going to show you these distinctions. Amen. He's going to show you where you're at in life. 
Now let's go back to Gen um, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. And this is what the Lord showed me. <laughs> you know, the scripture says in, in Matthew 13, 52, I share with this a brother. I've been going to a fellowship over here locally. And um, in Matthew 13, 52, I remember I was at, when I was at a certain place working. Well, everybody's excited, man. They want to get a good book published. You know? I'm, a, I'm writing a book. Man. I'm all that in a bag of Cheetos, glory to God. <laughs> I'm writing a book, all right? And uh, there's two, there's three kinds of people that are writing the books, okay? The scribes. The kingdom of God calls them scribes. You got the people in the world. We know what their motive is. You got the carnal Christian. What is his motive? He's himself. Serving God, but getting all the revelation and taking the glory for it. And then you've got the one that is the pneumaticos, man, the spiritual man. His origin, his source is from God directly, glory to God. And God has a work for that man and that woman to do. And that work is to show my people my ways and show my people my glory and bring them into my presence, glory to God. And it says in Matthew 13, 52, and he said unto them, therefore, every scribe, scribe means a clerk, a scribe, a writer, a secretary. In the Old Testament, the scribes well, the ones dictating what the prophets were saying, what Moses was saying, what David was saying, what Solomon was saying, these guys were writing, man. That's all they did. So it's understandable that they knew God's word because they were always in the word. They were hearing the word. Amen? They were seeing it. They were interpreting the words and understanding it. <coughs> Verse 52, therefore, every scribe which is instructed, instructed is the, <coughs> is the, uh, Greek word matateo, matateo, which is to be disciple. Every scribe which is a disciple, all right, unto the kingdom of heaven, not unto the kingdom of himself, not unto the kingdom of the world, the cosmos, right, is like unto a man that is in householder, which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and things old. Treasure is the Greek word thesarios. Does anybody know what a thesaurus is, right? It's a, it's a book of words, man, synonyms and animals together, right? And you go to that book and you can look at the word and understand what synonyms are for antonym or the opposite of that word is to help you bring clarity what the words are. So that word, so, that, so out of his treasure, out of the things that God has revealed to that scribe, he's able to bring them forth things new, things old. This revelation of the Marismos, I've known about that for years, Lord of God. And now God is wanting to come forth because he's trying to show us something. You understand? So I was telling this brother, hey brother, you know what? You're a scribe, man. You like to write. You like to put it forth. You like to put it on paper what God is showing you. And he says, yeah, you know, that's right. And he just told me I appreciate it. See, the thing is, is we don't have to be hung up on whether we're apostles, prophets, and shepherds, teachers. And, and understanding, right? You just do what you do. You don't have to have anybody telling you, hey, you're an apostle, hey, you're a prophet, you're a teacher, you're a shepherd, which is appointment, which is the word pastor, but it's only used one time in Ephesians 4. No other time is it used as pastor, so it's called appointment, shepherd, and then evangelist. You don't have to have anybody tell you that you're this or that you're that. You just manifest Christ, and what you do is going to come out. So in his brother's life, I told him these things, I shared these things with him, and he immediately saw it, and he said, thank you, brother. Another facet of this brother's life just got revealed to him by the Spirit, you know? and praise God, you know, he needed to hear that. It blessed him.
But I was saying a lot to say that I, I, I've known about this man most for a long time. So now, and I brought forth the treasure for you so you can understand some things. Now, verse 13, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in the sight, but all things are naked and open, back again, to the two pieces, unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Now, I wrote that statement down, unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. With, it means, the, with, the word with is to the advantage of. At, near, or by, towards, or with regard to. And then, <clears throat> with whom we have to do, we, with whom is, so, so, with whom we have to do, let me give it a few minutes, because there's quite a few people on it. I'm going to, I'm going to wait. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord God, right now, Father God. I rebuke the devils in Jesus' name that come forth, the prince of the powers of the air that seek to stop the flow of the word of God, the work of God. In Jesus' name, I bind those evil devils. In Jesus' name, all these people, Lord God, I pray that they would get back on the on the broadcast, Father God, so they can hear this revelation, Lord of God. I thank you for this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So he said, open unto the eyes of with him with whom we have to do. So in other words, with with whom we have to do so to the advantage of that we have to do is the word logos which means word hey daniel castillo so he's saying to the advantage of those who have the word all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do everything is naked and open to those individuals that have my word because they're walking in my spirit and i'm constantly walking in between the pieces everything is naked and open Everything is bare. I'm able to bring forward my glory, my purpose, and my desires, and my will in your life because it's all naked and open. You're letting me, says the Lord, come into your life with my word and you're allowing me to show you the distinction of where you're at in your life. That's what it's saying. Oh my God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Is it all things are naked and open unto the eyes with whom, of, with whom we have to do. In other words, with is to the advantage of we have, have is the word we, us, or are. In other words, to the advantage that we have logos, we have all things that are naked and open. In other words, God is able to come into our lives with the word and show you the distinction. You repent, you get right with God, you, you follow the Lord and whatever he's saying and whatever he's directing you to do. You're moving by faith toward God, you understand? And everything is, is naked and open. God is constantly manifesting his presence. Constantly manifesting His glory because of that word in your heart and in your life. The word is life unto those who find them and help to all their flesh. The entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Why? Because it could come forth to make a distinction of your spirit and your soul. Oh my God. Is anybody hearing what the spirit is saying? Man. I'm going to preach on that two or three more times because this is powerful, man. As long as you're walking. Hey, Melissa. As long as you're walking in my word, I can show you my presence. I can reveal to you by the Spirit, amen, my word and my ways and my work, my will. Hey, many signs. You understand what I'm saying? As long as my word is able to make a distinction of where you're at in your life, you're constantly going to have my presence, says God. And when you have my presence, glory to God, it, it, it reveals my glory. It reveals my purposes and my plans for your life. So long as you stay locked in and focused in my word, 
and seek my face and seek my presence in Jesus' name. In my presence is fullness of joy and in my right hand there are pleasures forevermore. I'm trying to reveal this to you. I'm trying to show this to you. But you've got to let my word do its work in your life. You've got to let the corruptible seed come out and let the incorruptible seed come in so that my life and my glory might be manifested in your heart and your life. So that seed might blow up in your heart, germinate in Jesus' name. Blow up in, my, in your heart and therefore take root and therefore become this big tree, glory to God, that now everybody can come because you're strengthened, you can strengthen others. Oh my God. Man. Oh my God. Father, I thank you right now for your word, oh God. Your word is so powerful. Your word is so precious, amen. You're speaking life. You're speaking words of wisdom in Jesus' name. Thank you for the manifestation of the word of wisdom right now in Jesus' name. <coughs> My goodness. I don't even know if we're going to get into the text today. Hola, Eva. My goodness. <coughs> Just for everybody's clarity, earlier we had a little disruption in the broadcast. But what I'm getting at is that I'm also recording this, and when I record them, I put them back on YouTube in its entirety as well as on Facebook. So for those of you that were watching and it got broken or back into the broadcast, make sure you watch the video in its entirety. Well, Father, I thank you, Lord God, for your word right now, Father. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shift now, Father God, and get into your word and start talking about some more, some more uh, revelation that you have for us. Hallelujah. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to post up the outline for those that uh, didn't see it. There's the outline. And I'm also going to post up these uh, what I've been sharing on this morning, this teaching called the Marismos. And this was this audio series was done back in 1985. And Brother Randy has graciously said to me, you know, whatever it takes to get the word out, you know, I don't care what what I published and what what I've done, you use it, Amen. You use it to the glory of God. And so that's what uh, the Lord has allowed uh, me to do, and that's what I'm doing. So I want to share this with you guys. And this is called the Marismos, and, and, and I shared quite a bit on it this morning, and like I said, we're going to be able to see the video later, but for now, just if you have time, you know, take, take a shot of that, look at that, and let the Lord minister to you, and let Him show you where you're living your life. Okay, so now, in the outline today, the outline is called Faith is a Key Element of Healing, okay? We're talking about healing today. We're talking about faith toward God. <coughs> There's several scriptures where it talks about the just shall live by faith. Habakkuk 2, 4, Romans 1, 17, Galatians 3, 11, Hebrews 10, 38, 39, all talk about that. And let's go to Habakkuk real quick. I don't know if we're going to cover this, uh, finish this outline today, but we're going to get started on it. There's quite a bit of scriptures there I want to cover today. Um, so Habakkuk 2, 4, therefore the law is slack and judgment doth never go forth. For the wicked doth compass... That's not the right scripture, is it? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm in chapter 1. It's 2. I'm sorry about that. 
Behold. Okay, let's go to verse 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak. And not lie, though it tarry, wait for it, because it, it will surely come, it will not tarry. You see, that's the way of the Lord right there. You have to wait on the Lord. You cannot go about and initiate your own life and what direction you think it needs to take. You've got to wait on the Lord and let Him bring the direction. Let bring Him bring the word so that the work is not coming forth out of your soul. It's coming forth out of your spirit. And when it's coming forth out of your spirit, you are partaking of the tree of life. Amen. You're partaking of the tree of life, which is Jesus Christ. He's bringing it forth. He's causing you to understand what he wants you to do, where he wants you to go. He's allowing you to see where your children need to go. He's allowing me to see where my children need to be involved in as far as education and training for them. But again, uh, the process of me getting ready for that is me teaching them how to respect authority everywhere they go, how to follow the boundaries and the lines, right? David said the lines have fallen unto me in pleasant places, right? And then he says now in verse 4, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. So his soul is not upright. His soul is not level. This is the one that's trying to, uh, to move forth in the vision early, in other words, premature. But if you wait, as it says, but the just shall live by his faith. Faith toward God is what we're talking about here. You know, I've heard people say this all the time. You know, I have faith. You think of faith in the Spanish will say. Well, let me tell you something. You gotta have faith in the word. What did the Lord say to you? What did he reveal to you in your spirit? Now I have faith. Faith in what? Faith that this monitor is a screen right here, this phone is a phone, or this tablet is a tablet, etc. 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 You understand? Faith toward God. And that is the second foundational principle found in Hebrews chapter 6. So it says that just shall live by his faith. Alright? Romans 1:17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed, glory to God. From faith to faith, even as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The righteousness is of, of God, the right path, the right direction, the right thing that we need to be going because we're in His presence, because we understand that we are the righteousness of God in Christ, is from faith to faith. You're moving from one level of glory to another level of glory. You're moving from one word that God reveals to your spirit to another word that God reveals in your spirit, which has allowed you to see what the next step is, what the next step is, what the next step is. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. The righteous ones live by faith. Praise God. You talk about adventures. <laughs> you know, I mentioned that brother, I showed that scripture in, in Matthew 13, 52, talking about the scribes, the writers that originate, originated from the kingdom of heaven. They bring forth out of their house. It's like those that bring forth out of the household treasures, things old and things new. And uh, I wasn't, uh, <coughs> I wasn't in that mode of let's say the Lord or anything like that. I just manifested the charisma, you know, minister the charisma. We're going to get into that eventually. Is talking about the spirituals in First Corinthians chapter twelve. But the point is, is that uh, even so, minister those charismas, those graces and gifts that God has blessed you with, charismas. You can minister those anytime you want. And in doing so, God's presence gets revealed, amen, in the spirit. And that individual is able to see a part of his life, amen. And now he has another facet to the purpose of God in his life. 
And so it says here, um, well, we can go to Hebrews chapter 10, I guess. What time is it? 9.44? Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. You see, when you draw back and you diachrono, diachrono means to pause or to hesitate. Romans chapter 4 verse 20, And he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. The word staggered is the word diachrono, which is where we get the word doubt from. It's translated as doubt in the, in the, in the King James Version New Testament. And doubt, that word means to pause, to hesitate. Have a second thought. So you move in faith. You got the word. God's allowing you to see. You need healing. Alright. You need a work of God in your life. You need your emotional area healed. You need to be healed from the ravages of the demonic realm. You know. And, uh, and then you draw back and you pause and you hesitate. And you have a second thought or opinion about what God's word says. You just lost, lost it. So it says he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. The word unbelief is the word apistia. Apistia means no faith or faithless. You see? You paused and you hesitated and now uh, you just aborted the work of God in your heart, in your life. So what am I saying? Is that that's what we don't want to do. We don't want to pause and we don't want to hesitate. Stay in faith. Maintain the confession. Amen? Okay, Hebrews chapter two, uh, 4 Let's go to that one real quick. And for those of you that have been hearing these broadcasts consistently, you're going to, you know, you know this uh, principle here. Uh, verse 14, seeing then we have a great high priest, which is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, the we are of God, amen, fully mature Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. Hold fast is the word karateo, which means to have power, to be powerful. <coughs> To be the chief of, to be master of, to rule, get possession of, to become the master of, dominate it, obtain it, lay hold of it, seize it. Master the profession. <coughs> hold fast your profession, you see. Profession is a Greek word, homologia, which means acknowledgement. And when you look at the root word for that word, it means to speak the same as. Speak the same as what? Speak the same as the word. As it's revealed to you in your spirit, speak it forth. Let it come forth out of your heart. Jesus said, out of the abundance of heart, the mouth flows. It's got to come from your mouth. Amen. So shall the word of the Lord be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it will prosper in the thing whereto I send it. My word will prosper where I send it. It's sending forth out of your spirit. It's God that's initiating. The word is being directed by the Lord. All you're doing is being obedient to what you hear in the Spirit. <clears throat> you know, there's only two things you can do with authority. God being ultimate authority, inherent authority, everything resides in God. And when He speaks to you in your spirit by the Holy Ghost, all you want, all we need to do is represent, which is the other thing. You can either represent or substitute authority. You represent, you're doing what God's word is being revealed to in your spirit. You substitute, you're being diaconal, you're hesitating, you're pausing, you're doubting, and therefore. God's word, purpose, and will, it's not going to come forth. All right? So let's go back now to, uh, so master your profession. In other words, lay hold of your profession. Master, curtail, etc. rule it. All right, now, Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 6. <clears throat> I 
It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good report. So that first part, now faith is the substance. The substance is a Greek word, hupotasis. <clears throat> hupotasis. And it means a placing or a setting or placing under. Thing put under substructure foundation. That which is that which has the foundation. That which is firm. Okay? So that, now the just shall live by faith. Now faith is the substance. Faith is the foundation. Faith is the substructure. Everything is based on the faith that you're hearing in your spirit. If you're not moving forth out of your spirit and out of your own head, then you're involved in dead works. And the dead works are going to bring you to nothing. They're going to bring you frustration. They're going to bring you anxiety. They're going to bring you pain. They're going to bring you loss of life, loss of money. You're going to be exasperated because you're tired of living out of your soul. Yeah, it's okay. You see, it takes a lot of work and effort out of your spirit, man, to maintain oversight of the soul, man. You cannot let up on the soul one iota. <clears throat> the other day I was on my way to substitute teaching at a high school here. And it was raining and drizzling, actually, you know. And so... I wasn't running late, but I hadn't been to the school yet, so I didn't really know how to park. And for anybody that knows about this particular high school over here in South Grand Prairie, it is huge. Large, large, large. And I wasn't really sure where to park, and I knew that there's a lot of construction going on there, so I was a little stressed out about that. I should, probably should have left at least 10 more, 10 more minutes earlier, but it's, you know, it's maybe five blocks from our home. So anyway, I was uh, getting ready to make a right lane change and not stop because I, 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 I and, and at the same time I was looking at my phone trying to uh, remember which teacher I was subbing for and uh, anyway which I didn't have to do that I was just trying to be ahead you know prep ahead a little look ahead and then uh, this officer man blowing his horn blowing his whistle and he was trying to tell me to pause stop and I so I uh, I stopped and I was kind of in the lane, kind of at an angle. And finally, when he let all the traffic through and let the passengers pass by, so the school kids and stuff, and those who were crossing the street and all that come through. He came over to where I'm at, from my window. And he said to me, "You know, I'm trying to. You, you, you need to understand. You were paying attention to the lane behind you." Not to mention, he didn't know I was looking at the phone because he couldn't see either because it was drizzling. And and then trying to cut over on the lane, and you, you almost, you know, you could have had an accident. I said, yes, sir, you know what, you're right, I'm sorry. But the part I'm trying to get you to understand is that I gave him some excuses. I'm trying to get to, I don't know where to park. This is my first time here. I gave him the whole spill, substitute teaching, all that stuff. He didn't want to hear all that. He didn't even have time for all that. He's trying to direct traffic. But what did my soul do? I was so embarrassed, man. I was so ashamed before the Lord. I said, Father, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. And that's what I'm saying. You have to maintain oversight of the soul. Keep him in check, man. Don't let him bring direction to you, man. You know, be wise. Of what, you know, it's what God was saying to me, Joseph. You've never been to that school. You should have left 10 minutes earlier. But the point I'm trying to make is that keep oversight of your soul. Don't let that soul, man, drive you into the ditch, man. Into a problem, in other words. 
And so, again, faith is the substance. Faith is the substructure. It's everything that has to, you have to base everything on the faith of God, towards God, faith out of your spirit, man. Mix the word with faith. And everything that you hope for, the evidence of things not seen, the faith of God is going to bring it forth. Amen? Faith toward God in your spirit. You're always going to see the purpose and the plan of God, the purpose of God. You're always going to see the work of God. You're going to be praying for people. You're going to be ministering. You're going to serve. You're going to do what God's word commands us to do, trains us to do, teaches us to do. You understand? So, uh, anyway, so in the outline, you can see faith is the substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the setting or placing under. Now, faith is a thing put under the substructure, the foundation, which has foundation, firm, etc., etc., etc. It's all there in the outline. Now, Jesus said this, if you're not, well, if you're not living by faith, you're not pleasing God. The scripture says without faith, it's impossible to please him. If you're not living by faith, you're not pleasing God. I'm encouraging you, body of Christ. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Again, I say unto you, wait. Wait on your Father. Let Him reveal to you. Let Him bring it forth. Don't create another Ishmael, man. Don't create another work of the flesh, in other words. Hmm. Let's take a look at Mark. I mean, Luke 18.1. Luke 18.1. And this is Jesus. I mean, and he spake a parable unto them that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Why do you, why do you think we need to always be praying? Right? <coughs> why, why would that be an issue? Because when you're praying, God is speaking to you. You're, you don't even know. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> You don't even know what God is revealing to you. He's re he, you're in His presence. You don't know what's happening. God is mixing things in your speaking things in your spirit, allowing you to come to the place of mixing that word with faith. You don't even know. You don't even see it. It's when the Holy Ghost allows you to see it. That's when you move with it. <clears throat> All because of that time you spent with God, praying for your family, praying for your loved ones, praying for your brothers and sisters, praying for our nation. That there might be peace in the land. You understand? Praying, praying, praying for those in authority, as the word tells us, being obedient to God's word. Men are always to pray because if you don't pray, you're not going to hear from me, says God. You're not going to hear properly what I'm trying to tell you. And I need you to understand that you can only hear it in your spirit. Jesus said in John 6 63, it is a spirit that quickeneth the flesh, profiteth nothing. The words, the rhemas that I'm speaking unto you, they are spirit in their life. They're breath and they're Zoe, God's life. God's life in your spirit is manifesting, 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 revealing, 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 showing forth, showing forth, showing forth. Mm. And then in verse 6, and the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Verse 8. I'm sorry, I skipped 7. But the point is, if you look at that story, that lady was persistent, man. She needed help. 
avenge me of my adversaries. She stayed after him. She stayed with him. Show me, Father. Show me, Father. Show me, Father. Reveal your word unto me. Your word says that if I open my eyes, I'll behold wondrous things out of the book of thy law. I believe that, Father. Therefore, in Jesus' name, I'm exercising my faith toward God and your word. That you're going to show me. That you're going to reveal it to me. And that's what this lady did. She kept going after it, after it, after it, after it. And finally, verse 5, And yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. In other words, God is saying, I'm not going to be worn down by you. <laughs> Thank God. And uh, and you need to keep coming to me. Amen. And I will avenge you, says God. I will redeem you. I will bring you forth in safety. You know, the scripture I was, I, was, I was in bed sleeping and I woke up, man, I had the scripture on my heart. And it says that uh, the name of the Lord is a high tower. The righteous run to it and they are safe. Glory to God. The name of the Lord. <clears throat> when Jesus said, in my name, you shall cast out devils, etc., etc. In my name, go forth that you know, teach, preach the gospel of the kingdom. Make disciples, amen. Disciples have to be made. They have to be trained. They don't get just automatic. And uh, the word name means in my name and my authority and my character. All right. So when you look at this word, the name of the Lord is a high tower. The name, the name, everything that God is, God is. All right. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is near. Jehovah Rohi, the Lord is my shepherd. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner. Jehovah said, Kenya, the Lord our righteousness. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. Jehovah, uh, Nisi, I said that one. Jehovah Oz, the Lord our strength, etc., etc. Jehovah Sarek, the Lord our, the Lord of hosts. All these names of God. He says, the name of the Lord is a high tower. Whatever he needs, whatever you need, I've already given to, to you in Christ. Amen. And one other thing I've been correcting when I say have mercy, no, no, I back up and I say, Lord, you have mercy. I have mercy in Christ. Because of Christ, you have mercy on me. And I thank you for it. Praise God. And mercy means you don't get what you deserve. You deserve a slap, if you will, but you don't get it. <laughs> so anyway, uh, the name of the Lord is a high tower. The righteous run to it and they are safe. Glory to God. <laughs> and uh, praise God, you know, God's so faithful with that word. Amen. And how he ministers to it. And uh, Romans, let's look at how faith comes. Romans 10, 17. How faith comes. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For with the heart man believes, and with the mouth confession is made. Confession is made is the Greek word homologia, which means to speak the same as the word, to acknowledge the word unto salvation. See, it's not just a one-time thing, get born again, that's it. If you're, if you're at that stage and you're going to be napios, which is no speech all your life, God has a purpose in training and building you up and bringing you to a place where your family is completely restored and made whole in all their lives and they're reflecting God on what they do and so on, so on, so on, your wife and your children. And then eventually you'll be able to train the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. You're going to bring them to the understanding of the kingdom of God. You see, as you have a relationship with them out there in the world and those that are you around. 
But he's got to get you to that place where you're able to be strong in him. The name of the Lord is a high tower. You're not going to be a high tower. You're not going to be safety for anybody. Unless you're spending time with God and his word. The word and the spirit. Wow. Mm. James 1.22. I think this will be the last one. We didn't get very far, but glory to God. God has been faithful today. That anointing has been strong, glory to God. Verse 21, James 1.21. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. Lay apart means to put it off, to set us aside. Look, man, when you put something off, you see this rag right here? You got to discard it. Throw it away. That's what you do. You don't sit there dwelling the time on whatever that thing or issue is that you did deliverance from. And by the way, you see the precious, separate the precious from the vows what God told Jeremiah. And then he told Martha that Mary has chosen that good thing and one thing is needful. And that's me, Jesus Christ. And Mary, that's what she's chosen. So leave her alone, Martha. And for those that are getting distracted from, you spend, from those that are in your lives, that are causing you to be distracted from pursuing God, from pursuing the Word, from getting involved in the Word, etc., 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 from getting taught the Word of God, for listening to these videos, listening to the teachings, all, you know, for those of you that are pursuing God, and for those that are out here trying to get you distracted, you need to put them off. I'm not saying get rid of them. I'm saying regarding individuals, in other words, find time to spend time with God on your own time. And in other words, be alone with Him. But for those things that are causing us condemnation, that, that sin and that perversion in our lives, you just got to throw it off, man, and focus on the precious. That's it. That's the simplicity of deliverance is that if you spend time with God, everything, Jesus says, sanctify them through that word, that word is truth. You will be separated. You will be sanctified unto the Lord if that word and that spirit is coming forth. If he's revealing that word and that spirit in your spirit, man, amen, you spend time with God, you get before the Lord, he's revealing it to you. There will be deliverance, amen. There can be no other option. See, because you run into the light, because you're not intimidated or afraid that your deeds are going to get exposed. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord God, for the richness of your word and your spirit today. I thank you, Lord Jesus, how you've been passing between the pieces, amen. You're making distinctions of the spirit and the soul, glory to God. You're teaching us what, what, what side we're living on. Are we in the soul as a carnal man? Are we in the spirit as a pneumaticos man? And that's where I desire to be, Father God, in your place and your presence always, Father God. Always get distinction and understanding. As you walk between the pieces, of, as all things are made open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. As you walk in between that, because we have your word, amen. <clears throat> to the advantage of we have the word, all things are naked and open. And I thank you right now in Jesus' name that you're revealing these things to our spirits, oh God. That you're causing us to understand, Father God. You're causing us to grow up. I bless you, Father God, for this opportunity and this time, Father. I look forward to the work, amen, in, in your heart, in our hearts and in our lives, Father, and the testimonies, oh God, the witnesses, oh God, that speak forth all the wonderful things that you've done in their lives. Thank you, Father, for this precious time. I bless you and I give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen.